Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 40. We've hit our midlife crisis yes. age now. We're going to go buy a Porsche and go four-wheel driving or something. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we thought we'd call back to our very first episode, not to celebrate this, but to you know, give a, a more expanded uh, point of view. And also listening back to the first one, it's, it's yeah, not, it's not, not very so good. good. <laughs> so hopefully we've learned a little bit doing 40 episodes. And in the studio, we have Bronwyn Esmeralda Wells from the Friendly Drop Bear. Welcome along, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, so we brought Bonnie back to discuss Albany. So calling back to our first episode, it's an area that we all like, agreed? Yes. I think love. Very much love. so. Yeah. Okay, but with anything that you do love, um, there's always improvements that can be made. <laughs> so we're kind of not we're nitpicking a little bit, but we thought we'd have a discussion on what Albany could do to be kind of like a trail hub, trail town that would be recognised domestically and maybe internationally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel I feel that Albany has a lot of potential to be world class. You know, I think the world class term is used a lot in marketing for walks and things like that in Western Australia. But I really do think Albany has a lot of potential that is at the moment untapped in some ways. I think to tapped to a little degree, of course. Yeah. But I think it could go even further. Leveraged, maybe. <laughs> yes, that could be the word. Leveraged. <laughs> um, so we're going to define Albany in this as. North to the Stirling Range, east to what's the uh, the the Great Beach, Shane's Beach, or Wychinicup or Chains, Chain Beach, Chains Beach. Yeah, and then the town's west, called one, and the beach is called the other. Yeah, and then we'll go west to Denmark, and then incorporate everything in between. So it's it's kind of the wider Albany area, but when you say you're going to Albany, Bluff Knoll is kind of Albany, so it's a wide area. Yeah, you know, when I visit my in-laws in Denmark, I sometimes just tell people I'm going to Albany because it's easier than mm. saying Denmark. Yeah, because then people say, oh, wow, that's a long way to go. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for the weekend. Yeah. I used to say, it's my grandparents used to be from Denmark, and I'd tell people that, and they're like, oh, you're, you're Danish. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've trained Google now when I type in Denmark. It goes to the WA Denmark, not the country on the big zoom out. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's start with Twondirup National Park, and we'll extend out to West Cape Howe in this kind of Possibly discussion. Possibly even further west, maybe? Yeah, we can. Nullarkai Cliffs? We can go to yeah. Nullarkai. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll go to Nullarkai then. Maybe. So maybe one of the mo- the wilder places that we'll discuss today. Um, there's some dramatic cliffs, nice national parks, and just long stretches of coastline that, you know, you I'd wouldn't say, see a soul. Oh yeah, I agree. It's, it's wild, but in some ways it's not wild as well because there's a lot of four-wheel drive tracks through there and further west there's the Nalakai Wilderness Development. Which, which is, is a bit not of an really oxymoron. a wilderness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, this whole area here is, to me, uh, a massive missed opportunity. West Cape yes, Howe definitely. is... is Huge missed opportunity. Yeah, it's amazing. And the southernmost point of mainland WA yep. as well, Torbay Head. Yes. Yeah, it's a really beautiful area. And, you know, I think when I, I went there last year, and you, you were there not that long ago as well, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was last there on the March long weekend. Yeah. And I think that the coastal cliffs there, I found them to be as spectacular 
as the ones that I saw when I did the the one cape track <laughs> in Tasmania. And it had me thinking a lot about how this area, to me, felt like there was the potential for them to do something really, almost like the, like Tassie did with the three capes, in terms of creating uh, an iconic walk that could have gone from West Cape Howe to, you know, Bald Head. In yeah, Tondera. that would be so good. And you could link it up with the Bibbulmun track and you mm. could have some um, a few circuits in there, like I think... You've discussed before having the circuit around that whole peninsula with West Cape Howe and Torbay Head and Dunsky Beach. Yeah. So for for listeners who wouldn't have maybe read the blog post that I, I wrote about it, I said, you know, that I felt you could do like a circuit through West Cape Howe. Yeah, following the coast. And yeah. on that cliffy eastern section, having a, you could have a bit of a bit of infrastructure there, like a staircase and things. Yeah. And the... It, you know, it wouldn't be a lot of, of track work that would be required, but it would just, at the moment, it's just all in four-wheel drive tracks. Yeah. And... It's not it, really a very good hike. Like, I'm no. really glad I've walked out there and I went with my mum and I was kind of half regretting it because I was like, oh, poor mum, she's trudging down these four-wheel drive tracks. And I thought she was hating it at the time, but she's got really good memories. Like, we camped on Dunsky Beach and um, she didn't end up seeing the cliffs because she was worried about getting back up the hill. Okay. And so she she walked slowly up the hill while I went and saw the cliffs and things, mm. which is a shame. I tried to tell her, you got to go and see them. But maybe she'll come back if there's a nicer walking track. Yeah. And it just seems like a, you know, the Bibbleman has a hut called West Cape Howe and, a, and one called Torbay. Yeah. But they don't go to either of them. <laughs> yeah. um, and that to just, to me, just feels like a completely a missed opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, what, what what we've, what I've discussed has been more of a, you know, of a low-key trail, probably more in your kind of what you like, Bonnie, in terms of it not being heavy on the infrastructure. Yeah, something really natural and even... Unintrusive, maybe. Yes, unintrusive. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think, I, I don't often say this, but I think it does warrant a little bit of infrastructure, maybe a staircase up from Shelley Beach. I mm. would agree with that. I, th- I think that there is the potential there. If, say... Actually, it doesn't need it because you got the Bruce Carmoffin <laughs> track or whatever it's called to take you. But to be a circuit, you can go along the beach yeah. and then you could walk down and then up the other side. Yeah. Um, I think what you were trying to refer to here is kind of the darling of trail development in Australia at the moment, which is a luxury hut model. And you think this is where you could put one in on the south coast? I think so. I'm not necessarily saying that a luxury lodge sort of model is you know the great idea but i see i see the scenery there and i think it's just as good as what tasmania has and say they had been bold say they had gotten ahead of three capes and they made a coastal walk here i think it could have been a really good walk and you could have done something from say starting near the nullakai end walking through past there's like a lake in in west cape Howe as well to there then going down to the cliffs and then to Torbay Head and then along the coast and, and finish at Bald Head um, and then double back to the uh, the whaling station. Yeah, I think that could be really good too, especially if it started um, at Ocean Beach. Of course, there'd be the crossing the inlet issue. But if we could go along the beach at Ratcliffe Bay and then up through those dunes and then there's another beach around the corner from there, which is really nice and interesting as well. Hmm. But then I don't know how it would work with all the private development. Yeah. And all of that, but I agree with you. That could be such a good walk. Yeah. And even with the Bibbulmun track, I feel like um, I, I love that section, and the inland section isn't isn't bad. It's nice, 
However, I think it could be really good if it hit the coast a bit earlier. For sure. And even people, this might be an unpopular opinion, so I know a lot of people don't like hills and don't like beach walking, but if it could go down onto Bornholm Beach for a little bit and then back up and just like a bit of variation and more coastal walking. I agree because there's a lot of there's like a nap head as well, which is yes, like a headland yes, there. Just before doesn't Beach. doesn't go to nap head, you know, yeah. it just kind of stays away from there. And but you could even have a short walk, like a little side trip off the big woman there, yeah. and then that would also be a short bush walk or coastal walk from Lowlands Beach, as well. Yeah. And that's another thing: the big woman could go down onto Lowlands Beach. Yep. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity here, where there's sections of the coast that are are not really. Leveraged, to use Mark's term earlier. <laughs> stole that Exploited. <laughs> Exploited is probably more Donovan my term. term. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- those areas there could could create, as you say, like that could be a day walk to Naphead. Yeah, yeah. Because you could have day walks all along just with, with sections. But the way the Bibbleman is now, I think it works really well as a multi-day walk. But for day walks, yeah, it's okay. But it could be even better with a few side trips or a few variations even he was I forget what it was maybe the last trail forums and they just kind of snuck in this Tondira multi-day circuit and there was like one line and that yeah, coming off the bib would be amazing that would it, be so good and when I walked through there on New Year's Day I actually had that thought of how good it would be to have like at the the um, topography or the whatever you call it the shape of the land would be perfect for a circuit because you could go along there's that wild southern coast and then link up with the bald head walk as a side trip and then back along the, the peaceful, calm King George Sound coast for a real contrast mm. and visit all the touristy things along the way, including Whale World. And then it could even bring business to the little community of Frenchman Bay. The caravan park there would surely like it if there was a, um, a long walk or a multi-day walk. Mm. There's even buses that go out to there, like public transport. So backpackers and tourists from overseas it would be not too hard for them to do yeah you could make it two or three days long i reckon yeah and that's why i think that an ending you know it it makes perfect sense to have a walk that you know went and and you could either finish or as you say could continue along that goes past whale world because that's that's a focal point for tourism yeah i think they should make they should make it a circuit and then you could also have a side trip that goes out to the end of point possession and of course all these they could be shorter walks all linked together as well that you could do as a day hike. Yeah, which is kind of like how the, the Tassie model, like when you did the, the three capes, you, you did you run into people who were doing day hikes? But I know you can. Yeah, so Cape Pillar you can do as a day hike. It's a really long one, but you can still do it. And Cape Hoi. Hoi. That's how I read it. Yeah, there were tons and tons of people on. It was like a Thursday too, so it wasn't even a weekend. So, yeah, I think having a good mix of... Long distance trails, circuits, day walks. I think it's vital for the area because it gets a good mix of people that aren't your hardcore hikers. And let's be honest, we don't really spend a lot of money when we're on a a long hike. We try and minimize um, where we can. But getting your day tourists out and your international tourists, definitely, I think that's key to the area. Not that it should all be about money. No. And I think that's where trail development kind of is getting caught up. Yes. Yeah. Especially with the new stuff going in in Collie and everyone's like, well, how do we get people to the town? It's like, well, that shouldn't be your first goal. It's to get people out and about Yeah. It's first. like the trails are a, a means to an end, which is the, the dollar. 
yeah. rather than they like it's like they don't have any intrinsic value. Although I do think it's good what's happening in Collie, and that could be serve as a benchmark for other places, mm, including yeah. Albany and. I think they need a better bakery first. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, the Albany bakery is way better. Yeah, I yeah. haven't been to the Collie Bakery. It's not very. It's good. all right. <laughs> oh, I hope the people who work there aren't hikers. No, they're not. Um, their idea of a vegetable pie was like broccoli and cauliflower. Yum. And that was it. What? Just, just that, that sounds delicious. Mm, it could have been improved. <laughs> uh, but we digress. We're not talking about Collie podcast. Um, we'll move on to. The Sterling Range and the Parongarops, where I think we'll agree it's probably got the most potential out of anywhere. Yeah. The most uh, realistic potential, let's say. Yeah, although so. it's kind of sad to talk about that because I like them being a little bit off the radar personally, even though I, I know that's <laughs> <laughs> not what everyone wants. But. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we should explain. Bonnie is from one end of the spectrum where she likes her off-track hikes and everything to be sort of quiet and undeveloped. Not and just no, quiet, no, but no a little bit. No facilities are possible. No, you can have some facilities. I just like things to be rugged. I also think I'm just naturally, my personality is I'm resistant to change to begin with, so I'm a bit of a... A um, bear cat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, a bit of um, a bit set in my ways. Yeah. Um, whereas Donovan, you're kind of in the middle of that spectrum where you yeah, don't say so. mind a bit of development and facilities on the trail. I, I, Hang on, I, I don't mind a few facilities. I'm not going to say you can't have any... Fa- that picnic bench is an abomination or anything, <laughs> something like that. I, I like a good toilet. I'll say that. You know, I think I think that it, my trail walking experience is always improved when there's a toilet at the campsite. Or like a piece of public art. You enjoy that. I do enjoy that. Yeah. I, don't yeah. mind, I don't mind some public art, including the... Oh, no, I'm talking about Collie again. But there's a gnome <laughs> above the Harrister and Big Woman shelter that I quite like. But you, but you, that ob- you object art, you know I mean. to, say, the lookout at the Gap? Yes. <laughs> I don't object to it. I, I will go there and I will enjoy it and think it's good. But I don't think it's that much of an improvement on what was there before. And I think on balance, having all the um, the parking machines and the... It's not so much the lookout, it's the corralling people like a herd of cattle down this particular path on this big expanse of the expanse of rock and putting up bollards and signs and all that it just ruins like it's supposed to be nature and you're just turning it into like a car park i don't like that (laughs) and i also don't like it somewhere really wild and natural if I want to enjoy a bit of an off-track experience or a bit of a rock scramble, not saying I climb cliffs at the Gap, no, would never do that. But you know what I mean, like a bit of a ramble around, and then you can see this great hulking piece of infrastructure in your views. Kind of ruins the photos and ruins the serenity, if, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll get to the other end of the spectrum, which I guess you could kind of call me, where... <laughs> Luxury glut hiking has become my thing. <laughs> I don't know how you survive on the Bibbulmun track. Um, quite well, actually. I like to rough it a I'm bit. I'm joking. Yeah. I, I'm not as sensitive as uh, yeah, your typical glut hiker. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about the Sterling Range and the Prongerups now. The Prongerups... Um, the Prongerups are probably less wild and more developed 
um, than the Sterling Range. And there's kind of limited opportunities there because of how much land clearing has gone on. Um, where do you guys see areas that could be improved in that area? I still think that there's plenty of opportunities there. Uh, I particularly feel that there's more that could be done with, with uh, a trail from the Devil's Slide onwards. There's, you can look at the landscape and you can see that people do off-track walk through there because it's pretty open. Mm. I think it would be great to just see, like, just an, even an overnight hike, like maybe off the, the Nancy Peak circuit and then along to the Devil's Slide side and then maybe a campsite somewhere around there and then coming back down on the other side. You say that. Um, the piece of land that I've been eyeing off is actually <laughs> on the other side of Devil's Slide. Oh, and really? You can access it, apparently, through that piece of property. Ooh. So I reckon if you could start there, go over up to Devil's Slide, down and then along Nancy's Peak. I reckon if you had a campsite around there and then continue that on to Castle Rock, mm. I reckon that would be a good overnighter. That would be really cool. And would it? Would you be able to link it um, around in a circuit, maybe along the lower level, or I'm just trying to... You probably could. But it wouldn't be that interesting on the way back. But you're saying it's on the other side, so not the... It's on the... the Western the side. Western side. Oh, okay. So yeah. you could do like a figure eight and use that middle... Could you use that middle bit? Yeah, you probably could actually. And then I think the actual township of Prongrats may be a little bit too far to walk to, but... You could sort of have something there. Yeah. I think you'd maybe need at least a spur trail from there because there'd be people. There's like a backpackers there. I stayed there once mm. a decade ago. It was really, it's quite good actually. And a, a caravan park across the road as well. Mm. So and it there makes sense. I forget what it's called, but there is a nature reserve in there that they have um, got walk trails in there because there's a little map and booklet at the cafe at Prongarup that oh, tells cool. you all about it. So you probably do a circuit around and then mm. you'd at least get views north to the Stirling Range and then to the Prongrops as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably doable and you can maybe fit in a winery or two. Actually, that would burners. be really... That Cust- could be Rock the winery. gimmick yeah. of yeah. the... Or not the gimmick or the, the point of difference because WA is known for wine. We don't have any many hikes that go anywhere near a winery when yep. you think about it. We've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that could be really cool. And, I, and the Perongrups does really good wine yeah. too and really nice small um, small family-run yeah. wineries. So like mm. Castle Rock, uh, Rob Deletti was the, the inaugural winemaker of the year in the Halliday Awards. Uh, fantastic winemaker. And he does stuff as well for Dukes, which is nearby. And they are outstanding wineries there's some of the best in australia mm. um so yeah you're right like a, a trail through there would be great that would be really cool and you could it could be two trails in a way like you could have the wine section and the granite and carry section mm. but have them link up with each other even if they were really prepared you could probably order your wine and then if you've got a shelter or a campsite on top of the granite, get them to deliver it that night or whatever <laughs> night. Yeah. It'd be good business. You can have oh, some Chardonnay on the mountain. I feel bad for the poor backpacker that has to <laughs> I reckon work you there. just you just carry a carry a bottle of wine. If it's only yeah. a one night hike, I'd do that. Or they give you the, the platypus pouches. Oh yeah, the platy just, preserver. Yeah, the yes. platy yeah. preserver and then you just return it at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, there we go. We've uh, sorted the progress up. Let's move on to just one more point. Yeah, one more point I just wanted to make was that I think, and this is a key to, I think, changing the mindset in Western Australia, is 
if you build a campsite on the top that was a hikers only one that could not be accessed by road, then you don't have the issues of yes. people driving there. This is a big point. You're but, right. But you need a helicopter. You need a helicopter and you need to fund that. Yep. Yeah. In Tassie, they understand because it's mountainous. They go, well, we have no choice. We're going to have to have a helicopter. Even on, um, you know, like the West Arthurs or East Arthurs, they have helicopter service yeah. for the toilets. Yeah, which interestingly enough, the Albany area might be open to that idea because the Bibbulmun Track shelters only in the Albany section have That's true. helicopter landing places. Yeah. And so that would be something that if, if they did something like that, then you don't have the issues of spreading dieback as much. You can limit the impact. And imagine how beautiful it would be to have a campsite on the, on the granite looking yes, out. Yes, that would be so good. And you, Well, I'm not going to suggest a hut, but it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was no, going to no, suggest Actually, that. no, I would. I know, I, know um, I said I don't like infrastructure, but I think sometimes it can be good. And I think, yeah, Tasmania-style hut Although you don't want to be too much like Tasmania because you can't really compare it. It's completely different. Yeah, I yeah. think an open-aired like Billman style hut yes. would probably be yeah a shelter that yeah. would be less good. impactful. Yeah, yeah. or or a Mundabitty style one. Yeah, I, I feel I'm they're not... too closed in though. for that particular location. But it would be windy up there. Oh yeah, true, yeah. true. Man, but if you have that balcony, it wouldn't be so bad because yeah, it's got the the deck. Yeah, and yeah, that could be good. Right, sorted. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea. I hope they do that. Let's fix the selling. But then we'll now. get. There's a, there's a few points to make here. First of all, this is a prime example of approaching developing a trail from the point of view of what makes a good trail. Yep. Not um, what brings the most money to a town. It's what I refer to as the Thor principle. Is the area worthy? If it is worthy, <laughs> then you get the hammer and you start making the trail. Oh, maybe don't get the hammer. That might be a bit. Anyway, yeah. you know what I mean. The yeah. other thing we have I'm, to. I'm talking proverbially. <laughs> The other thing we have to mention is you keep talking about gluts, but I don't think people will know what you're talking about. Okay, so glut is your full Tasmanian Walking Co. purpose-built, like... It's a bit more than just a a hut. Yeah, it's a hotel almost. So the guides... Bit of a blight on the landscape, depending on... Not really. No, depending on how you see these things. Um, The ones in Tassie, I don't think, are a blight. Um, They might be, though, if you remember what it was like before. Yes, but again, the three capes ones, you can't see them. You can from the top of Mount Fortescue, but you'd really have to be squinting and know where it is. Yep. Um, So I think something like that would be good if you're going to do it in that model. Mm. You you never want them front and centre where everyone can see them. You want them hidden away. Yeah, On the overland, I think you can only see really one and maybe a bit of another. So they've done quite a good job of making it not obvious to the average user that yeah. there's a... Cause when Which is interesting. When I, I didn't see any of the um, paid huts on the overland. I saw tracks to them and I looked for them. So you say, which one did you see? Uh, waterfall, the one near Waterfall. Oh, okay. You can see that. I saw a caravan, like a completely random weather station or something. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't see a hut. I, not that I can remember. Maybe We're, I did, but it didn't look very fancy. Near Burt Nichols as well, you can see it. If you're on the viewing platform, you can see it on the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was, it was very very rainy when I was at Burt Nichols. Maybe yeah. that's why I didn't see it. Those are the only two that I could see, but even then it wasn't obtrusive. Ob- obtrusive, yeah. yeah. The Sterling Ranges. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, there are trails there already. Um, one that we'll probably use a discussion point is the Stirling Ridge Walk. That's one of my favourite walks in WA. Yes, uh, but in terms of making it a better trail or a better experience, are you open to some facilities going in there? I 
Well, the way WA seems to do trails and infrastructure and things, I am very, I would be very cautious because I feel like if you say, yeah, let's improve it, what that will mean is ruining the wild, rugged, challenging experience of it. Um, if they could preserve that, like not have a trail, but say have like a really good example of what they could do is um, like in the Northern Territory, up around like the Nip. Nitmaluk National Park, they have just little arrows on wires attached to trees, very unobtrusive, and or just like on a rock. And then you, you just follow one arrow to the next and you don't go off track. And then everyone walks the same path. And a lot of the time you're walking where you can see other people have walked before. So a problem with the Stirling Ridge might be that people um don't all follow the same route, so maybe that's not the best for the environment. But having a few arrows would um, could work, I think. I'm just trying to think how dense... Like, it is pretty dense in places, but even still, I think that could work. And it would still be challenging enough. Some people quite enjoy doing a hike where you need map and compass or GPS. There aren't that many of them around, so... <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. The, the issue with the Stirling Ridge with especially GPS, is what may look like a tiny little bit on the GPS is actually... In reality, yes, yeah, it's yes, a very I agree. Steep I, I do know what you mean. Turn, yeah. Yeah, but then part of the the fun thing about the Stirling Ridge Walk as well, when it gets to the really rocky, more vertical bits, is finding your way through. That's good fun, like all the rock scrambling and it's, it's challenging, but it's a bit of really good type two fun, as they call it. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I think... Where this could be improved is, as you said, just with markers. So yeah, so here's if, a key turn. That's where you need to go, and there's a, a marker there to tell you. Yeah, really unobtrusive markers. It could be so you have to look around and try and find the next marker. That's fine. It's um, not going to make you much slower than having to look at your GPS. Um, it would just keep people on the same route and not follow, not creating false trails and things. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're going to start thinking about safety and they're going to put in railings and just dumb it down and ruin it. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem. I think the closest you get is that information board as you're coming down from Bluff Knoll to say, This is a wilderness area. (laughs) You're on a track that you'll get lost on. Don't don't continue. Yeah. I think that there needs to be, uh, I think that having markers, because one of the the issues that we've, uh, we, we were at a trails forum about, maybe three years ago, and they had a scientist come in talking about when you don't have a managed trail, you know, there, there is this view sometimes that, oh, we've got to leave it as wilderness. But if a lot of people are actually walking something and they're creating a lot of false trails, you actually get this, this um, you know, this just spread of dieback through the area. Yeah. And also you create, um, by it not being managed, it has erosion issues that... If you, if you did say, okay, well, we know this is the, the way to go and that there's a lower impact this way, then you can limit that, that impact on the environment. So while it, you know, on paper people go, what? It's no longer a wilderness. It's, it's, mm. it's managed to some degree. It's if it has a trail, yeah. it's no longer a proper wilderness. So yeah. I think, though, that the arrows could be a middle ground between that. So keep the feeling of wilderness... But your trail's always going to exist on the Sterling Ridge Walk because people walk and they create. Well, yeah, it already pads, it so, already yeah. does. It, so and it's in, not in places, really a wilderness. no. To be honest, there is a there is a trail in places, definitely. Mm. No, but it it needs to feel rugged and challenging and not yeah. just another big woman track. 
as oh. much as I love the Big Woman track, yeah, but it needs I don't to be think, I think unique Big and not different. The, yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. want information boards exactly. Every now and then saying, yes, here's this particular flower, or whatever. You just, yeah, you go and look. No at it. signs, no bollards, no um, chain link fences, yeah. no none of that. No tiny little uh, bridges when you need to cross. Half yeah, the oh, that's something <laughs> yeah. that annoys me the, about the, the Big Woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah none, none of that stuff. That on flows the Sterling for Ridge. like two and, weeks of the year. Yeah. But then the other thing on the Sterling Ridge that I really enjoy about it is the fact there are no um, designated campsites. And that's because it's quite challenging. You might just want to walk from sunrise to sunset or whatever and then just camp where you want. Mm. And it's it's hard to find campsites because there aren't many clearings. Mm. But I like I kind of like that. Like it's, you've got to find your campsite and so put your tent up among the trees. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to now mention toilets, aren't I'll, you? I'll be a little controversial, I guess, in that sense. No, no, I agree. You think I'm going to disagree with everything? That... I agree about the toilet so situation. There's two things that I think would make the track less of, a, of an issue and make it more accessible to people while keeping it wild. And one is uh, water. And the other issue is toilets. So I think that water can be done from runoff. There's enough runoff from the mountains that you could have tanks that just get the water. There already is one, sort of. That's very difficult to get to. Yeah, difficult to get to. You can't really rely on it. I think someone, the fire that went through has burnt the pipe, so I don't think it works anymore. Last I heard is it's working, according to the Facebook group. Right. Okay. I don't know. I haven't been back since the fire. But, um, you know, I think, you know, toilet pods at some places. So, like, in, in Tassie on the West Arthurs, they have toilet pods. And this is, they say, no, no, we didn't put this in for people. We put this in for environment. Yes. Mm. Um, and I think that doing that is the right. So, the, the toilets are, you know, I've seen photos of them and they're apparently pretty gross. So, they're, they're basically like the toilet pod that you find at the bottom of the toilets in national parks in Tassie. But it's just the pod, and you open the hatch. The big alien-looking things. <laughs> yes, and um, you know they're a bit gross, but they limit the impact. And I think that that's actually a really good thing. But you need to use helicopters to get them out. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with I'd agree with that. I think um, there's well, there was one spot along the walk that was, that had a bit of toilet paper lying around. Moon the, Gundra yeah, Hill. Yeah, no, just beyond that, the camping yeah. clearing. Yeah, and that was a bit disappointing to see. So it would, yeah, I think it's necessary. You need something there, maybe. I didn't see toilet paper anywhere else along the ridge. I don't know if I was just lucky. Mm. But I must say, if people wanted to dig holes on the ridge itself, the ground is quite hard. Mm. And that's, like, I know a lot of, well, no, not not a lot of people. Some people would put it in the too hard basket, um, literally with their toilet paper. They just... Sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, there, there has you know to be I mean? yeah some level of facility up there. Um, well, it doesn't have to be, but if it gets yeah, more popular, I think maybe it will... rely on people doing the right thing. I think Unfortunately not. I think yeah. maybe at the moment, it seems to be getting more popular in it the is, last year or yeah. so. So, yeah, maybe it will become necessary. Maybe near where the cave is or on that saddle between second and third arrow. I, I, I can't even think where it would work. Yeah. But near the water tank and the, the cave where everyone wants to camp. I feel like as long as you had two or three options and you say that these, you know, you can camp anywhere, but these are the places where you're near a toilet and there's water as well, reliable sources along the way, then people, you know, will limit their impacts well and say, okay, well, I'll choose to stay here or maybe not. But it also imp- the environmental impact is much less because it is gross to just have toilet paper just sitting yeah, on top of the soil. Yeah, it's horrible. That will ruin a trail. And it's like, you know, 
this is why we can't have nice things, that saying. Mm. And it, but that's not just trails. That's also roadside rest areas and things. They're so much worse than hiking trails. Yeah. Um, it, I guess it's just a problem all around and people need to, I guess, be more educated. Because I think a lot of people think that toilet paper is will just fade away into the soil in half a day <laughs> with a rain. But no. No. It's not how it works. No. Um, so moving on... We agree that maybe the Stirling Ridge could be improved a little bit. I wouldn't even call it improvement. I'd call it necessary... Um, Adjusted. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's necessary management necessary of an management traffic. Get, as it inevitably will get more popular. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the scope for maybe a multi-day trail along the the base of the Stirling Ridge. That would be awesome, I think. Mm. Because that could also, I know we talk about not just doing everything for money, but you could leverage what's already there with the Stirling Range Retreat. Yeah, that's Mount a really Trio, good place to stay. Moing Up Springs. Yep. And then you could kind of snake in and out in the mountains and create side trails. Do you want to go up here? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. And then at least gives people the option if they don't want to do that, they don't have to. And then you could have campsites that are manageable and cheap to put in certain areas off Stirling Range Drive. Yep. That's another thing, um, just with the Stirling Ridge, if you were going to have toilets that need pods and helicopters, how would that be funded? Well, I mean, I think just, just the pod, by... like basically, oh, okay. yeah, the hatch. No, but the helicopter <laughs> coming to take, take yeah, it away. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I don't know if DBCA would be able to do that. Like, well, that's the thing is you're going to can... build trails, not necessarily you're building a trail on the Stirling Ridge, but you'd have an allocated budget. For yeah. maintenance. Yeah. I think it, it's build less good. lookouts over yes. Calberry Gorge and <laughs> yep. more <laughs> more helicopter trails. <laughs> yeah. Look, if if you said to me, uh, it there's a thirty dollar fee for walking the Stirling Ridge, and we use that to deal with the amenities, and we do helicopter flights to to clear out the stuff. I'd say that's fine. Yeah. I'd, you know, I personally would say that's fine. Um, I think most people would but then i'm quite protective of i want all trails to be accessible in terms of all walks of life like poor people as well as i think 30 dollars is not yeah 30 dollars you know, is not 50 dollars is also you know that would be yeah. Yeah. It's starting to get expensive for an overnighter or yeah a, or a three-day trail yeah i think that is but i mean that area is one of the few because let's be honest like a lot of national parks in wa are free yeah. And that's one of the few that you, they will actually charge you and fine you if you're parked at Bluff Knoll and don't have a ticket. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I've, I've, no, I don't anymore, but I've always had the National Parks Pass for the last few years. I need to renew it, so I never even worry about that. Yeah. I was in my element in Cape Le Grand because I was watching a ranger finding people. <laughs> And that was the most beautiful thing I saw that day. After hearing about what that ranger did to was it a wildland? Yeah, you, you were still cheering. Him I was still way. cheering because there were people who, you know, th- these were these were people who were flying drones as uh, well without yeah. licenses. Oh, okay. So I was like, take that. Yeah, that, that should definitely be a fine. Um, but even I mean, going back anyway, to the sorry paid, to go off topic. Yeah, the paid uh, model. You could do that for uh, like a five to ten day circuit of the Sterling Ridge. Yeah. And just have like minimal campsites, maybe a shelter, maybe just water tanks and toilets. And I mm. think people would pay to do that. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be fantastic. One more thing to mention about a walk along like, that that's not necessarily up the mountains, but with side trips up the mountains, is the Stirling Range National Park has the most amazing wildflowers. Like they're just 
that's so much variety and colour, like especially in spring, but even at other times of year as well. So you might think, oh, that sounds a bit boring just to trail traipsing through the flats. But no, there'd be heaps to see um, if you like wildflowers. And you'd also get a really good view of the mountains because they're very unique and interesting. So it's just like dead flat land and then these ancient mountains um, just sticking up out of the wheat belt. It's really cool. Mm. So the other area that I think, I think that's a really good point. I think the other track that I feel could be constructed as a as a walk that is a recognised walk is Telubalup to Mount Magog because there is a trail that exists there that is a, you know, a bit of an ad hoc trail. But you could create that because I guess the other issue is that you have a lot of walks that aren't very long. Yeah. You know, and you could have a walk that, as Mark and I have talked a lot about, you know, there's there, there's so many more opportunities on the ground level, and Magog does have that trail that leads in, but you could have the trail sort of branch off towards Telubalup, and then go up Telubalup, and then across the top to Magog, and then down. So you get to experience that that ground level um, heathland yeah. in all its glory, mm. and that's that's a walk that not a lot of work would have to be done to make that. Because you just have to um, stabilize the track that exists between the t- the two mountains, and then cut a little bit of track between um, Magog's car park to Telubalup. That's a really good idea, and a yeah, a good one to start with. Hopefully, someone might. Yeah, it's an easy project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because eighteen awesome. Morfitt's maps that I have the book. Yeah. On the West Stirling Range that um, guides you through that trail, it's actually not doesn't look that difficult doing that saddle. And what would that be, like 10 to 15 k's all up if it was a loop? It would be a good day walk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Bluff Knoll's the longest at six. And, I mean, it's fun because you can do two or three mountains in one day, but, yeah, it'd be nice for a full you day experience. You can do longer ones, say, like Ellen Peak. Um, there is a trail... But that's long because you have to walk along the management track. Yeah, you yeah. do. But, but the management track is beautiful in wildflower season. There's right. Fantastic wildflowers. So if you go in spring, that's not a bad walk. Okay. It would be all... I think it would be all day. I'm just trying to think how long it takes to get up Ellen Peak. Yeah, there's a trail to the small peak before Ellen Peak. Mm. And then you'd have to find your way a little bit up to the top. But yeah, it's a really good walk. Cool. And we should probably mention no cable car up to Bluff No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I think we can no, agree no, on that. No, no, <laughs> All right, so that's the Stirling Range and the Pronger up. So we'll move east of Albany, which is kind of a, a grey area for hiking. And this is one of my favourite areas to go camping. Yeah, so Bonnie's had some experience here. You've done Mount Many Peaks. Yeah, oh, that's a fantastic one. Which is a very prominent um, figure on the, I don't know, the map in Albany. On and the map, and also you can see it from lots of places as well. Like you can see it from the Bald Head Walk. Mm-hmm. And from Bluff, Bluff Knoll, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, you can see it from from Bluff Knoll and the Stirling Ridge, and from um, Two People's Bay Nature Reserve, that mm. little beach and around there. And if it's, you're driving to Fitzgerald River. Oh yes, yes, yep. definitely. And yep. yeah, if you're driving east of Albany, it's very prominent on the to the right. Yeah. Yep. But the reasons we don't have a hike up there or an official track is dieback related, which I kind of I don't see how we're ever going to get around that. And develop any trails in the yeah, area. Yeah, I I would not want a trail up there personally. I think, um, yeah, just just leave it as is. If people want to go off track and go up there, I don't think many people would. 
It's definitely type two fun. <laughs> um, yeah, just leave it as is. Mm. But, I mean, you mentioned Two People's Bay. Do you both think that there could be a multi-day or even just a yes. series of trails linking that area? I think that could be so good. I think the problem would be there's a lot of farmland around there. But when I was there recently, my mum and I camped at East Bay on the other side of Two People's Bay and spent a bit of time all around there and Betty's Beach and everything. And then we were thinking it would be really nice to walk the length of Two People's Bay Beach and you could use East Bay campsite. Um, and then you, I was also trying to think if it would be possible to walk around the coast. I know there's like a restricted area at yeah. Mount Gardner. And that's a big a big challenge there for any tracks. Is yeah, that restricted, restricted area areas. and also farmland. Yep. But right on, like along the coast, there's not farmland there, like right on the coast. So mm. you could have, I'm not quite sure how it would work, to be honest, but if it could happen, that would be... Fantastic. Mm. It's something that I've looked at a lot because there was talk, I think the Nationals were talking about, let's extend the bib to Esperance. No, it would have to be a separate track. Exactly. With a different name. And I feel, you know, you dilute the Bibbleman track by doing that. And yeah, also, so as well. when you look at the scenery, there are so many land management issues where there's like, oh, you can't go there because there's a farm. Unfortunately. So imagine could... how amazing it would be. But yeah. what if you could do, um, I don't know if it would be possible, I don't know... I don't know the area between Hopetown and Esperance very well, but could that work maybe? Not really? Uh, I think there's more opportunities there, but yeah. it's still problematic. Anyway, that's beyond the scope of this yeah. podcast anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but certainly like the area is spectacular. But again, I think looking at the aerial maps, I think farmland is a big issue there. It is an issue. I think mm. if you... If, Honestly, a trail over Mount Many Peaks from Normans Beach to Waichinakup, that would be superb. Mm. I just don't think it... I'd rather leave it wild, personally. I think Waichinakup I know people do something. go up there. I know rock climbers go up. Um, Many Peaks? Yeah. Yeah. But I think from the other other side. Okay. Waichinakup is an amazing place. Like All these places, even if you're not going for a hiking holiday, if you're just going camping... And then you can make your own adventure. So go for a long walk on the beach if you like off-track hiking. Um, well, yeah, pay attention to the restricted areas because there are some. And also be really, really mindful of dieback. So you've got to um, brush down your shoes and hiking poles and everything very well before entering any of those areas. Mm. And also um, before you leave, you can spray your shoes with... Metho. Meth- with metho. metho. Yeah. Sorry. Lecturing here. I think definitely Wachinikup has has uh, you know a lot of potential. Yeah, that's such a, a beautiful, beautiful place. area. Have you have you camped? Um, been there to the campsite? I have been to the campsite. Yeah, I haven't so camped there, but nice. it is outstanding. It. Um, it's really unique and interesting, and yeah. yeah, and that whole bay. You know, you could do something around there for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say around um, Chains Beach because there's that hill behind the campsite and I've, I went for a little hike there but it was just on four-wheel drive tracks unfortunately mm-hmm. my friends and I have walked down to the coast and then there's the big rock that looks like a tooth yep which yep. you might have seen on some pictures yeah so that's really cool there's a few interesting rocks up there really really beautiful wildflowers even in June when we visited there were um what are, what are those banks called the bright red ones uh-huh. on the south oh, <laughs> can't remember the name but if you know banks you Coastal probably know banks, what I'm talking yeah. about mm-hmm. yep and there were whales. We could see whales from the Tooth Rock and from the coast. Yeah, fantastic area. Mm. And Chain, is it Chain or Chains? I always call it Shane. Chains. Whatever the beach is, is really beautiful as well. Yeah. 
always think there's a missed opportunity because those areas you look at them you're like great I can drive there and experience it but while you're there there's kind of not much to do other than walk along the beach well there is if but that's a that's a hike as well a walk on the beach that's hiking it is but it'd be nice to have like you know a small walk trail around it's kind of like what you'd get at lucky bay or that kind of area where if you wanted to go a little bit inland or up to a you know a headland yeah for sure i think there's a real missed opportunity with up and to sorry i can't speak french Arpenteur, or whatever it's called, Nature Reserve, which is where the Tooth Rock and nice coastline um, is. I think, yeah, that could do with more tracks. Hmm. And then I don't know if this is too far beyond the podcast, but around Bremer Bay as well. But that's maybe maybe for another day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a similar story there. There's not many hiking tracks from around there, but lots of places you can go by four-wheel drive, Yeah. which, of course, you could walk to, but it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not pleasant <laughs> walking on four-wheel drive tracks. But then right back to the start of what we were talking about, that's the problem with West Cape Howe and Torbay as well. Yep. It's not a good hike. It's, um, the hiking is a means to an end. It's about the destination, not the journey. Yes. It's, it's not, worth it, yeah. but it could be so much better with a trail that follows the coastline. For sure. Yep. So I guess that leaves west of Albany near sort of Denmark area. Which we've kind of talked a bit about with Nalakai. Yeah. One of my f- favourite places in the world because I, I used to go there all the time when I was a kid. It's like second home. I thought you were going to say Nalakai as in the campsite on the Bibbulmun. Oh, no, I don't mind it. I, I'll I tell you love. why I liked campsite. I liked Nalakai. I got there quite late and there were all these frogs hopping across the path to the swamp. And that's also why I was really sad about the, um, the lime pit thing and the, the road and, and all that. I was just really worried about the frogs or one of the reasons anyway. Yep. The mosquitoes will get their revenge on the lime pit workers. Oh, no, I don't mind the workers. <laughs> it's not their fault. You know what I, I just the, the concept of the lime pit being there. Yeah. Not yeah. The, the workers as individuals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. As much as I do not like mining, um, I think Nullakai, if they've got that development in there anyway, it's kind of ruined for future generations. So Yes, and oh, the, the wilderness development. Yeah, the wilderness mean? development. Yep. So a, a mine in there that only operates three months a year during non-hiking or non-peak hiking season. I'm not yeah. too worried about. There's yes worse no. mines. There's worse. I've, there's worse yeah. mines for sure. Yep. Um, so the Denmark area, I mean, there's a couple of hikes we've done. Sheila Hill. Mm-hmm. I've done that one. I've got a really silly thing with that one. So I've done it a few times and I only realised... Very recently, the last time I did it, that I haven't been to the summit of Mount Hallowell. Really? Which I didn't know because I've done that walk lots of times and there's the little sidetrack and I've done that sidetrack and thought, oh yeah, that's all right, monkey rocks so much better. And then I thought, surely there must be more to it than this because a few people have said it's nice. And so I actually looked up your blogs, I think. Mm. And I was like, and then I saw a picture of the summit view and I was like, I haven't seen that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that on the area where the sign's fallen down and you may not see it? Oh, no. I saw the sign to the summit. And so I've been as far as a rock platform amongst some trees where you get a little glimpse of the ocean. I don't know. But not to the actual... I can't explain why until I go back (laughs) and I'll work out what it is I'm missing. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good walk, the Sheila Hill Trail. It's part of the Bibbulmun as well. Mm. And that's one of, I think, one of my favourite parts of the Walpole to Denmark section even. Yeah, definitely. Surprisingly, because it's right right into town. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, apart from that, and there's the Heritage Trail, which kind of runs around town and 
along yeah. the waterfront. Yeah, there. which is you know quite nice. There's Mount Lindsay. Have you done no. that? Yeah, Mount Lindsay's okay. Yeah, but there's kind of a big gap there that. You think they could put a few more walks? There's the Harewood Forest, nice 1.3 kilometre track. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> it's on. No, it's, not, it's nothing special. I, I quite like it. It's yeah. nice if you're going to the wineries and things, you can just stop in there and go for a little walk or a picnic. Yep. But speaking of the wineries, is there an opportunity to do yes. a winery trail? I know they've put in the road trail that they're kind of spruiking, but. What's the road trail? Do you mean the Scottsdale Road? Or no, it's um, Trails WA. I've put the, I think it's the Denmark and something food and wine trail. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically just that. Google Maps yeah. and you drive from okay. one, yeah. one winery to the next. But hiking there would be a lot better. That would be so cool. Yeah. I, think I think that it, would be better than Margaret River. So I think that the walk does go on Scottsdale. I think the scenery is better. Um, I think the walk does go on Scottsdale, um, but then it goes through some other areas. Um, oh, so this is a walk. No, the... The drive. The drive. The drive. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It would go on Scottsdale, wouldn't it? Because there's lots of things along there. Yeah. yeah. Including yeah. the Mundabidi actually but there's, goes on Scottsdale. Oh, yeah, oh does true. it? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But there's a few side side roads and gravel roads um, between Scottsdale and Mount Chadforth Road mm-hmm. with some wineries like Tinglewood Wines and I'm just trying to think what else, if that one even exists anymore. Castelli's up on top owners. of the hill, which has got a nice Yeah, yeah. I think they, nice I think you could do a lot with that. And especially if you get the, the winery owners on board, if you could say this could bring more people, they might be happy to have a few, like a trail through the vines even. Mm. And especially if could they be really already organise or offer accommodation. Yes. It kind of eliminates the need to manage a campsite or a shelter. Yeah people would know that this is your options you can stay here or here and you can plan your trip i think just linking up wineries or restaurants or nice areas now this i just had an idea could you have a wine trail that goes to the mundabidi shelter if the mundabidi cyclists don't mind the occasional hiker staying there hopefully they don't and then down to william bay shelter and then back over mount hollowell the circuit was yeah, why not? A silly idea? Yeah. <laughs> if there's uh, if yeah, there's wineries there that you could walk to quite easily. Oh, and now I'm thinking the coastal area of Denmark as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the the William Bay Circuit. Yep. <laughs> which I push a lot. So interestingly, yes. um, so you did you published the William Bay Circuit, and that, I was really interested to read that. And then just earlier that year, some friends and I did something very similar, but not a circuit. No, it was a circuit, but it was different. Mm. So we walked from Lights Beach to Greenspool, mm-hmm. which is something I always wanted to do since I was a kid, was walk that entire coastline. Mm. So it felt like a bit of a milestone for me. Mm. And that is so cool, especially the bit... I think Lights Beach to Waterfall Beach was good, but maybe it wasn't the safest of walk and I wouldn't... You know, if mm. I was a um, DBCA person, you'd be putting up a sign saying, don't walk here, King Waves. yes. That sort of thing. Coastal risk area. Yes, coast risk area, <laughs> beach risk area, rock risk area, wave risk area, yep. um, snake risk area, you know, all the risk areas. Yeah. I'm making it sound a lot worse than it is. It's, but, it's but not that bad. But that, that but literally be what they have. Yeah. That would be yeah. what they have. You could have a trail, I suppose, going up into the heath a little bit. That mm. would work. And then there's some interesting beaches. There's like a black sand beach and some interesting geology. We found a rock that looks like a hot dog for instance it was <laughs> it was all really cool um but then the the bit that i i love is mad fish bay yeah and i think you will agree with me that's where your circuit goes and your that's circuit correct. is fantastic i plan on following that specifically next time i do that 
bit of coastline. Awesome. Um, <laughs> even though, yeah, even though from Lights Beach to Greenspool is good, I think the best bit is Madfish Bay to Greenspool. Mm, for sure. So beautiful. But then I don't want to spruik it too much because I don't want them putting in their signs and their bollards and their corralling <laughs> everyone along. You, you know what I mean. It doesn't need it because it's a big rock platform. There's a few bits where you can climb up and look at views. and Yeah. So I, I think it would be a trail that would exist in Tasmania and they would have a big warning at the start that says um, just be careful like they'd have for Mount Amos. Yep. And that would be it. You know, they wouldn't overdo it. But you say that overdoing it ruins it. Your recent trip um, east of Esperance to do Cape Le Grand, I think you were quite surprised in reading it today. Yeah, that you were basically forced up this large granite dome. Awesome. Yeah, and that you sounds were, so cool. You were just like, I can't believe this is in WA. Exactly. <laughs> like I was so surprised because it was such a non-risk averse trail. Don't don't encourage them to put signs <laughs> up. <laughs> no, no, I, I won't. And, and there was a bit where you know I was skirting this this section. I was like, this seems unsafe, but <laughs> that's 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 what they built. And there must have been a time when it was okay. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. Like why we've become so excessively risk averse when. You know, in Tasmania, like you said about the th- the three capes, they don't have fences off for some oh, of the areas. I think, um, but there were some areas where you said you could walk quite far. Yeah, the without. blade you could easily fall off, but I mean, you could do that pretty much anywhere. If you wanted to jump off the gap or something in Albany, you could. <laughs> don't, don't mention it because that does happen. It's <laughs> yeah. not very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think um, I will play the devil's advocate for a second, even though I hundred percent agree. But it is still important to acknowledge the risks, so don't go in blind to these things. So if you're going, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think that's where I get worried with like the Stirling Ridge Walk and people are like, oh, we're planning to do this. And I was like, are you a serious hiker? Because if you're not, if you don't know what's there, it's really dangerous to try and go up there. And I think there needs yeah. to be some kind of system to say, I think this we've got is what's that in here. a way with this. This may sound ridiculous, but having all the Facebook group and everything, everyone asks, well, lots of people anyway, um, ask there first. And then people do. I, I tend you to. You never quite know what people's and... abilities are. And people no, tend to no, overstate you, what they've done. But you can. Oh, you don't know that if you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you, you can get a sense. I get like, my it's, inner It's judgment. the vibe. It's yeah. the vibe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I must admit, I do comment on those posts often if you get. A, a vibe of like the um, bro culture, like oh yeah, oh yeah, there's totally fine, bro yeah. culture, and also I think there's a bit of naivety with that walk because um, people think oh it's only about it's only thousand meters max, so that's not that high, which is true. You know, if you compare it to it's only twenty something k's, I'll be fine. It, oh yeah, it's only twenty k's. Smash that out in a day. Mm. Um, it's only a thousand meters. Oh, it's not going to be alpine. But it is in the fact that it's got its own little microclimate. Like you can see the Stirlings; they've got their own cloud system. Yeah. Mm. And I think maybe it might be because it's the the ground is so close to sea level, so the actual elevation. I don't. I can't explain it exactly, it, but it's yeah, it's quite is. prominent. It's prominent, yeah. and you yeah. do get some pretty pretty awesome weather up there. Yeah, for better or worse. If you yeah. prepared, it's awesome. But. Back to topic. Sorry. <laughs> Are we prepared to put Albany to or the Denmark area to bed as in? There's lots of areas that could be. No. 
exploited. No. So Bonnie doesn't want it. Don does. Don wants oh, I'll his, put it uh, to bed. William what do you Bailey. mean by put it to bed? So that we've discussed. No, I'm saying, the I'm area. saying no. Don't don't put it to bed. We've discussed it. Yeah. Um. But there's lots of options that could go in. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think the William Bay loop would be fantastic, but I would be very very cross if they ruined the Madfish Bay to Greenspool section and no to Elephant Rocks section and made it all manicured and pedestrian and um, signs and dumbing it down lowest common denominator thing. They need to keep it very natural because that that is why people want to go there because it's natural. Yep, and I agree. I think you guys are very cynical about what they're going to do when they build a trail. I think the worst you'll get is that bit on point possession where there's a like a chain mail or chain rope (laughs) kind of thing. Not chain mail, (laughs) but like a chain leading up the granite dome that you could use if you wanted to. So, So that I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is them suddenly taking it way inland because they're too scared of people getting injured. Yeah, Yeah, or putting up like concrete curb. Around where you're supposed to. That's what they've they, they've well, done that at, at yeah, the gap in yeah. Natural Bridge. But their attitude to like people fishing is here's a life vest or a life ring, and some anchor yeah. points. That's it. And people still kill themselves. Yeah, and that's why year. I don't want to be too blasé about safety. It is it's serious and it's important. Um, that's why I guess there's a balance. I just think sometimes with trails specifically, not with everything. Maybe rock fishing is really really dangerous, and they might. Um, you know, maybe they more could be done. I won't say they they should do more. I'm sure they uh, they do a lot, hmm. but I feel like with trails they go overboard, such as on the Bibbulmun, putting a wood plank bridge over an ephemeral <laughs> stream. Like, come on, you can you can get your foot wet if you yeah. Given yeah. The, you know when it rains, half the track gets inundated anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal trail. Yeah, I'm just thinking the one specifically is like the one specific I'm thinking of are like south of Dwelling Up where there's a few. Yeah, like yeah. a plank, and it's like it's not even it, a plank; it's an actual bridge with yeah. hand railing, and and it, and it rains like you know that that would flow maybe for two months of the year. And even if it does, just get your feet wet. You're not going. It's not like New Zealand where it's like a fast flowing um, glacial melt. Yeah, with mm. wobbly stones underneath, and your feet go numb when you walk through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Albany City Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, So the Albany City Centre, they have actually drawn up, well not drawn up, but they've commissioned plans around the Mount Melville, Mount Clarence area to turn that into a mountain bike hub slash hiking hub. And I don't think it's ever gotten anywhere. I think it's just a matter of funding and initiative from the City Council. But that area has so much potential. Yeah, especially if you're talking like a collie type situation where they want to bring people in. Yeah, you've already got development up there. You've got the Anzac yeah. Centre. You've yeah. got um, the War Memorial a bit further down. That actually um, that is drive. a really cool walk you can do is uh, around Point King and up to the Anzac Centre and mm. Middleton Beach. I love Albany Town. It's like such a bleak and um, interesting town. I mean bleak in a, in a good okay. sense of the word, like sort of <laughs> yeah. atmospheric. Yeah. yeah really but cool. I think, I, I think that the City Council is bleak, and I say that in a negative (laughs) sense, because they are so against change and against doing anything. Like, I look at Denmark, and I feel like Denmark, you know, we were talking about this on the Bib Pod, that, no, they don't want to become Dunsborough, but they are doing little things that are cool, you know, that they have festivals and stuff, and it's it's interesting. It's an interesting place. Yeah, Denmark's always been interesting. I'd be sad if it became another another Dunsborough. I think it's inevitable in... 
20, 30 years. Yeah, but I think that they're, they're doing enough so that, yes, they want to bring people to town, but they don't want to become an amusement park. No. I think Albany are just like anti-business, you know, like they... Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, like someone put up a sign that said on the, on the road into Albany said... Uh, you know, welcome to Albany, close Sundays. And yeah. it's true. That's 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 Albany. Yeah. You know, it, it it's pathetic. You walk that you go you look Maybe at Maybe that's around why I dream of moving to Albany. Because you want everything to be yeah, closed. Nothing open. <laughs> no, but no, I mean just it's so disheartening. I went there, I can't remember what day it was, but I had like almost a full day in Albany to kill before my flight out. And I was like, nothing is open. I found a bookshop, bought a book, and then sat in a cafe the whole day. But I was like, I would love to walk up and down and go to the shops and, you know. Yeah, or you could walk around to Middleton Beach and run that headland. That's a nice walk. That much time, and it was raining. Was the Anzac Centre closed? Um, I I like just walk, I like Albany just walking around the streets because there's some really interesting houses and just, you know, just a town to walk around. Mm. Yeah. So. I was there once and my car was having issues. I think it was the same. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so I dropped it off the mechanic and I was like, well, I've, I'm on foot. So I walked yeah. up to Mount Clarence and did the Anzacs. I've had the exact everything. same thing happen in Margaret River once. We had, a, had to have our car t- towed out of the Boronup Forest. And then we, I did all the Margaret River Heritage Trail and all mm. that. I got so. stuck in Margaret River too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful area to walk and there's lots of history to explore. Yeah. I think it needs to, people need to be aware that it's there. Yep. Whereas, like, I, the day I was there, it was also um, the cruise ship had come in. And the town actually rallied and they had, like, shuttles going up and down the hill all day and making the most. I think that needs to be a permanent thing within Albany rather than everything's closed. Might be a so chicken and egg situation is they need lots of people going there to make that viable. But they have, like, people have tried to start businesses and have found no support. Mm. Oh, I see. And I must say, you know, the thing that, that shocked me when we went to Exmouth was coming back to Geraldton. I found Geraldton had more of an interesting yeah. nightlife than Albany did. Like, they had, you know, cool bars open oh, and things. Oh, that's right. Albany has a nightclub. Yeah, I so they have a nightclub. And they have, so they have one great restaurant, uh, Liberté. It's really good. And Gourmandise for lunch and breakfast is fantastic. But, you know, is there is there a cool small bar? Uh, yeah, Liberté, but that's it. Whereas I felt that there was so much more in Geraldton to do. And I thought, really? Geraldton? More than Albany? You know, I feel like there's so much more to do in Albany. And, and yet there isn't. And it's just it's a shame to me. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't they... bother me too much for a, a country backwater town but it's not country country no in the it's sense. not really it's, it's a quite city big. yeah and yeah. it's meant to be a city so i think there should be some kind of yeah vibrant culture going on even if it is a historic town that is centered on anzac tradition and you know it's got a lot of uh history and culture there it's just not drawing in the masses kind of culture oh maybe it's i like, like the fact it's not culture. drawing in the masses i think i like gray nomad culture I do think I should become a golden brown nomad if I... (laughs) (laughs) But for the rest of us that maybe want, you know, a cool wine bar or, you know, something other than your country pub... I'm saying I don't appreciate a cool wine bar, but I live in the city, so if I'm going to Albany... but it's not Albany really what I'm seeking is out. the city for that area, though. That's the it thing. is okay, exactly. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So maybe they should go like the Bunbury route and introduce something radical, like a 24-hour Kmart. So it's just a <laughs> spark change, and yeah, the city council would never approve yeah. that. But yeah. I mean, even 
Like, you, I, I compare Albany to Tassie, but there's no good hiking stores in Albany. Yeah, yeah that's... Oh, there's um there's Trailblazers, which Where is all right. That that's a bit out of town, and I know this well because I drove down to do the Stirling Ridge Walk straight from work, and then at about Broom Hill, I gasped and said, oh, oh no, I forgot, your shoes, forgot, my, <laughs> forgot my shoes. And I was wearing my work shoes, which went, they're kind of like this. Yeah, that so, was never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> no. And so I, I feel really guilty because I made my friends I was with, we had to do a half day trip down to Albany. It was one of my friend's birthdays even. We were meant to be starting the Stirling Ridge. And so I bought shoes from Kmart and really good socks from Trailblazers. So I spent $20 on my shoes and $30 on my socks. But I didn't regret it. That was Mm. the right decision. So there used to be a mountain designs, but that closed. But you're right. Like, you know, I look at Albany and it looks to me like a small version of Launceston or... Yeah, something like Katoomba. Or Katoomba. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a trails hub with all the... Oh, but then again, Katoomba, that's also a rock climbing hub. So you've got... Yeah, a bit more yeah. than just. But there is such good rock climbing in Albany too. Yes, there is. So yes, you know, like, point. you know, yep. if you leverage it properly, you can make this town into, uh, you know. Yeah. Okay, I agree. The, the it could, it could be awesome. Of the Great Southern. Correct. I think it could be the outdoors capital of WA if you think of it in terms of being a a bit of a population center, and all these amazing hikes and rock climbing, fishing. Diving, even I suppose, like all sorts of things, mountain bike riding. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because you've got the southern terminus for the two major trails in WA, yes. the Billman and the Mundabidi. Yes. And I get that they don't really embrace that. If you went into town and you walked around, you wouldn't even know those trails exist. No, I think they should make it a lot more momentous. The finishing the Billman or Mundabidi. Like um, the square. The square's near nice near the town hall. Well, yeah, maybe the yeah. town no, hall. The, it's like right on the, the drive that goes up from the harbour. Yeah. The I place, reckon if you finished there and made it public, I reckon more people would not flock there, but like it would be a, a bigger thing than it is now. Yeah. Because the old southern terminus for the Billman used to finish down near like the bus station. Yeah, that's where I there. finished my um, sectional end-to-end. And then I walked up by myself to the, the visitor centre and I rang the bell. I liked ringing the bell. That was good fun. Similar to the same at Kalamunda as well. But, like, if you had that in the middle of town and someone's ringing a bell and everyone in there can hear that, they'll be like, oh, what's that? And then yeah. they would know it'd become a, a cool thing and people would, like, cheer randomly as they're doing their shopping. That would be or... cool. It would be cool if you, like, go outside the visitor and, and ring the bell, although some people would find that really embarrassing, I'm sure, but it would be cool. And have a bit of a public artwork around the, the trails and... Yeah, I mean, even like a Mundabidi rider, riding into town, they would put their bike somewhere. People will like walk up and be like, oh, yeah, what's that? And what are you doing? And what's that? It'll get people interested. Yeah. Mm. Yep, I agree. But they've already moved the southern terminus. <laughs> I, think it, I think it makes sense having the southern terminus right near the town hall, though, because that's a prominent feature of town. Mm. And the amazing south coast building is actually the old, I think it's the old Commonwealth offices yes on that strip so it's it's pretty close if they put it there yeah but i just think albany just needs to embrace being you know what i do you know what i think about albany i think there's so there's the horrible horrible discussions about putting a bloomin cable car up bluff knoll which is an absolute abomination (laughs) but i think the sacrificial lamb for this cable car idea should be mount melville or maybe mount clarence i don't know if that would work 
Mount Clarence up to the Anzac Centre. But I actually think that would be really cool because it wouldn't detract from... Like, if it was up Bluff Knoll, it's just, it would just be really sad because the whole point of that is it's, it's nature and it's wild. And mm, mm. and also it's such an isolated, small mountain range that are, like having all this infrastructure on it would just overpower it. It's not like the Alps or something where, oh, I don't, I don't know, maybe even the Alps it's overpowered. Well, you've got like towns you know I mean? and, yeah. Yes, yeah, like towns all around it and stuff. It's, it's not like that. It's just nature. And mm. I think they actually want to put like a downhill track, I think maybe once a year they do a downhill circuit on the roads. So if you had a downhill section that finished at the port and then by a cable car, you put your bike... So we're talking about Albany again. Having a cable car up, yeah, it would be so cool. It would be like Queenstown, but smaller. And the harbour's awesome. You know, the views would actually be good from the You would have good views. It would be really good for tourists, for um, cruise ship people. That would be awesome. Go up in a cable car, see the views. Mm. You could also have a hiking trail as well for type 2 fun people. But, yeah, it would be really good and um, people with mountain bikes could take their mountain bike in the cable car, like at Queenstown and places like that, and mm. then ride down the hill. That would be really cool. And I think they should consider that instead of a cable car up Bluff Knoll. I think your issue here is um, taking it over housing. That will be... That would be a problem. That's why yeah. I'm thinking Mount Melville. Oh, I don't uh, know. Because no. Mount Melville... I don't think there's much development up there. So you basically, not. you're just going up there for a view... Or a mountain bike down. Yeah, I think Mount Clarence would be better. However, if they had mountain bike trails and they could put a lookout and everything up there and you get really good views over King George Sound and um, over town, hmm. either one of them would work. I just like picturing Mount Clarence and where it is and there's, I think there's more houses around there, aren't there? If you go Sterling just... Drive from the main centre of Albany out to Mount Clarence, I think that links up to the port and you'd have a few yeah. houses. That oh, maybe be that would be better. Yeah, there is. there would be the issue of the houses. But if they could get around that, it would be good. Yeah. It would yeah. be a lot smaller than Bluff Knoll, I suppose. Maybe like a saucer so you couldn't see, you could only see out <laughs> rather and than below. down. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with, oh, yeah, because people wouldn't want everyone looking down onto their washing line and yeah. their yeah. swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Fair anyway. If we could get around that, even if I think you went, there has to be some clear land. Even if you went down, down over, Point King, where the no, road kind goes of past, pointing from Mount Clarence, I just out don't think towards, it's high enough. Come to think of it, um, Point Possession, and then as it got to that point, then went right towards yeah, yeah. The so point. like past the port area, yeah, Port, yeah. port King, yeah. Point King, yeah. Yeah. So that would be okay because there's you know what there's like some silos, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's it's it would fine. Be fine, and then like yeah, you'd get your cruise ships, you'd be able to get easier access from your cruise ship up to the Mount Anzac Clarence. Center, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you know if it's like you know fifty sixty year olds who don't want to hike, they can take the cable car and they get yeah, easy yeah. access. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I so, actually think the views. Not necessarily better than Bluff Knoll, but more suited to a cable car. Like you can see the the town and yeah, King everything. George Sound and I mean even the whole Princess Harbour bit, and you could somehow tie it in with the Anzac Centre and say, you know, look out there, and that's where the ships left. And yeah, I don't know if you'd take away from the Anzac Centre, but it'd still be cool. No, I don't think it would. I mm. think it'd be awesome. Um, and while we're kind of in Albany City Centre, I guess we should probably talk about. Princess Harbour and that where the bib currently goes do you think there'd be an opportunity there for anything around that area? Oh not that I can think of I could be wrong but it's very much 
not a wasteland. That's the wrong word, but it's it's not super exciting. No, it's not. It's just it's nice. The I think the track around the the harbour is quite nice. I'd prefer it if it was like a a dirt track rather than a paved one. But I can see the yep. appeal of having a paved one if you're not finishing a long walk on the Bibbulmun. Mm-hmm. If you just want to go for a bike ride or a stroll yep. with a pram or wheelchair or anything, it's fantastic. Or if you want to go to Lime Burners. Oh, yeah, if you want to go to Lime Burners, yes. I am planning on doing that. <laughs> Finish <laughs> my sexual yeah. intern. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess north of Albany is not really much because it kind of spreads out because that's the flatlands. Mostly land. farmland. Yeah. North yeah. of Denmark, there's a bit more because there's Mount Lindsay area. wonder if more could be done there. The Denmark River goes up through there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really pretty. We used to go, when I was a kid, we'd go for picnics at the base of Mount Lindsay. There's a really beautiful river area. Yeah, yeah. it's a good area Rocky there. Even area. The, the Calgon River, I think maybe more could oh, be yeah. done there. Oh, yeah, and there's um, good walks there too up um Calgon River and... The Luke Penn Walks. Yeah, yeah, that's worth mentioning. They could extend that. Oh, I know where there can be more walks, and that is um, around Gull Rock National Park. They've got walks there, and I plan... I haven't done these walks, but I want to return. The Mount Martin one? Mount Martin, yes. I want to come back in spring. You've been thwarted? I've been thwarted three times. (laughs) I I started doing it with Alyssa, and she complained about the flyers so much that I actually... One of the few times where I went... Fine, you win. Let's give up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always intrigued with Calgon River because you drive out there and they've got those like big beware quicksand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking you could have like a a type two fun activity there (laughs) where you try and escape the quicksand. (laughs) Make it like a a hundred meter hike that takes four to six hours. I think there'd be a a calm DEC, DBCA, DPOR sign saying... Um, quicksand risk area. This is something <laughs> I keep meaning to do, actually, is go around and whenever I see a risk area sign, I, I keep meaning yeah. to do it, but I want to collect all of them because there's so many. There's like tree, rock, wave, beach, snake. Cliff. Bees. Yeah, you said bees, bees yeah. Yep, everything. Yep. I said trees, actually. But ah, bees, yes. Are, are there bees? Yeah, there are bee risk areas. <laughs> no is way. Bee, yeah. Beekeeper nature reserve? <laughs> uh, no, at um, Fitzgerald River, there's bee risk areas. I wish it was at ah. beekeeper. Yeah. And I got stung by bees at first. Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay Tut, heed tuts. to the warning sign. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we probably should wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. We'll a- average it out because this last pod wasn't very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, we, we all love Albany. We're yes. not saying there's anything wrong with Albany. We're just highlighting maybe where things could be improved. Yeah, it could be awesome. Um, yeah, it's constructive criticism. not. But it's know, also don't yeah. improve it too much because I don't want it to get too crowded. Yeah, I think, yeah, having done Freycinet recently, I think if you got to that level where you've got busloads of tourists unloading, I think Wave Rock gets like that as well. It's just It takes away from that experience. Because we haven't mentioned the obligatory, some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Yes. Mm. So, like I'd say, as good as um, those Tasmanian beaches. Well, yeah, well, there are... Effectively the same thing because it's the way the granite breaks yes, the down. Yes, the granite beaches, yep. uh, granite areas white, have yeah. the most beautiful beaches: Esperance, um, Albany, Denmark, yep. yeah, yeah, Tasmania. Yes, Wilson's prom. Wilson's prom. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots going for Albany. I think with a bit of funding and maybe a bit of a, a risk and a bit of vision. vision I think yes. Um, 
which I think they've had, they just then don't follow through on. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I guess if you have any feedback on of your own, maybe where you'd like to see a trail in Albany or the Albany area, I guess give us an email at realtrailtalk at gmail.com and we'll try and respond. Maybe we'll have another Albany podcast for episode 80. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah, and if you have enjoyed this episode and any of the other episodes, uh, please give us a rating on iTunes, Podbean, or whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. And we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you, Bonnie, for coming in. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you.